everyone. It's George Gross with another episode of the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, for many, it is a long weekend, and I hope that, first of all, you notice that, which, you know, some people probably don't because of how the days have been. Um, so if you have a long weekend, I hope you get some time to relax, chill out. Um, I, it is May 22nd when I am recording this, and in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, it is actually snowing, which if you live here is not surprising, but it always is a bit disappointing, but that's the reality of living in this beautiful part of the world. Um, you get snow late into um, the springtime. But uh, again, thank you for joining me. I hope you're doing well. Um, and I hope, like I said, you're getting some time to chill out, relax, and just look back and appreciate all the things that you've been doing. And I think it's really important to kind of take a step back that we often get caught up in the moment of where we are. We often get caught up in, you know, how we're feeling at this time. And one thing that I've really tried to work on is, as we always continuously look towards growth and the future, it is really important to take a step back to look at where we've come from and, you know, what we've done. And especially during this time, it is extremely crucial to appreciate the things that you're doing uh, for your kids, for your colleagues, and for yourself. Because when this kind of all started at the beginning of March, I think if you look two months later, you might actually be surprised at how far you've come. So just take that time to appreciate that. And the thing that I'm going to talk about today is, is really kind of the idea of like, how do we get other people to change and what that actually means. And really kind of putting in the, the perspective of what's going on um, in, in the world right now. And here's something that really is important to understand is that you actually can't make anyone change. That <laughs> really what you can control is yourself. And I always say this is that you, you can't make others, ch others change. You can only create the conditions where change is more likely to happen. People have to come to that realization themselves. And I remember actually distinctly um, having a conversation with an administrator several years ago, and they were talking about all of these things that, um, you know, their, their teachers weren't doing and some of the things that they weren't willing to embrace. And it was kind of like, you know, they're not doing this, they're not doing this, they're not doing this, right? And, you know, we all get frustrated and I understand um, that space. And I actually stopped him as a conversation and saying, well, if your job is to lead, maybe it's you. Maybe you're not doing something to get other people to embrace this change. Sometimes when we have these great ideas, we want people to try different things. And we try one approach and it doesn't work. Sometimes what we do is we try that approach harder as opposed to maybe changing the way we think, changing the way you know, we have conversations, changing the direction of what we do. And really, like I said, that con those conditions have to change around people. And if you see the people, for example, if a teacher um, is working and there's like, I, I don't know who said it, but I thought it was really interesting, um, is that if you are teaching a concept, um, you know, over and over, over again, and your students are not picking it up, um, and I should say, if you're teaching the concept the same way over and over and over again, if the, your students are not picking it up, it's actually the students who are not the slow learner. 
And, you know, when we have expectations for educators to, if you do the same thing over and over again with a kid, it doesn't work, then we expect them to try to do something different to make it work, not the, the kid to change. And it's like, you know, when that, I can't remember the, the exact quote, but, you know, the idea of like when a flower doesn't bloom, you know, we change the environment, not try to fix the flower. And, and that was, a, I think that would kind of stop that administrator, you know, dead in the tracks. And I, that's was the purpose was to get them to say, okay, what, what are you doing? What do you have control over in what, you know, what you're sharing? And the reason I'm even talking about this is I was having a conversation um, with um, a group of educators. And one of the things they said to me was, how surprised they were that some of their colleagues were embracing things that they've never maybe been willing to embrace. And I'm sure that anyone listening to this could, you know, say the same thing. But I think the reason many people are embracing these things is not because all of a sudden they see the relevance. It's because this is the only way, you know, for some that we can actually connect with our students, right? If you are in a space where kids are coming to you, every single day. And that actually doesn't happen anymore. The only way that you can actually create those connections is probably through technology. And the reason I bring this up is because, you know, a lot of times I try to share like why, you know, things need to change, show kind of the context, but I don't think really anyone needs that right now. People are seeing why things are not working, you know, why things don't work for kids. And it's so apparent, but it's also understanding that, you know, a lot of those people that, we might, that some might be shocked that they're trying new things. I, I'm not that shocked because those same people, and this is, you know, assuming this intent, have always wanted to do what's best for kids. And sometimes we think what we're doing is best for kids. And what, if someone else does something different, it's not. We have different perspectives. And the, the idea that, you know, many kids, there's things that I do that I'm really good at, that I know kids would benefit from, and some kids actually might not. And I know that I make that assumption about, you know, people using different methods, different ways of teaching that some of those methods and really what we need to do is kind of find, you know, where is those variances of trying different things and, and actually how we think different. And just a few things that I've been thinking about, you know, it, kind of in this context is that change is way easier to make happen when you have no choice right? Like when you have to make it happen. Um, the other thing is that really, I don't know if there's ever a di direct resistance to the use of technology, but more of an uncertainty of how technology would benefit students positively, you know, that they would actually benefit. And then finally, that maybe people weren't really slow to change. They just didn't see the value of doing something different. And uh, a friend of mine shared something uh, years ago, and I've, I've shared it often. They basically said, teachers are not scared of change. Teachers are scared of wasting their time on something that actually doesn't benefit kids. And so really, when, when we look at that opportunity, when we have that understanding of <clears throat> we need to ensure that people see the value before anything, that's what's really crucial. And I'll, I'll share a, a, a quick story on something I did that wasn't really um, beneficial and kind of how I changed my ways. And so when I was a principal um, in my first year, I remember wanting all of our staff to blog because we were using blogs for portfolios. And 
I, I kind of would hammer home like, hey, look, we got we to gotta get going. This is really important. If we don't do this, you know, we're, we're falling behind. We're becoming irrelevant. And so kind of putting that pressure, like if we don't do this, we are, you know, we're, we're doing a disservice to our kids. And always focusing on the things that we weren't doing, that we weren't able to do. And I'll tell you, it wasn't effective. It didn't get people excited about things. They didn't see all the possibilities. For students, they see the benefit for themselves. And kind of hammering that home, that, that notion of like, if you don't do this, you're becoming irrelevant, you know, it, it doesn't work. And so I knew this wasn't effective, but I also saw the value and I saw why this would be really crucial, but I had to change the way that I delivered that message and how I connected with people. And I actually remember um, one teacher that was extremely resistant to this, and I say resistant in the sense that they were resistant because I wasn't be able to effectively communicate it, not because they were a bad teacher. And I think that's a really important point is that sometimes we say, we, we say that people are resistant and that's more, we, we kind of identify that more as a reflection on them, not necessarily us. And so I saw, okay, like what can I do to change this mentality? And I would actually do this thing, and I did this not only as an, a school-based administrator, but a district administrator as well, where I would actually go into classrooms and I would just pop up my laptop and I would answer email, but I would sit in that same classroom for three hours. And I was very um, explicit with the, the teachers that I would uh, go into and enter their spaces with. I'd say, look, I'm not here to evaluate you. I'm here to, I got to get some work done, but I really want to evaluate the environment that we've actually put you in. So some of the things that we take for granted, you know, like Wi-Fi not connecting, how, how long it takes to log in, you know, um, just the seating arrangements, all these things. If I'm making decisions that impact the classroom, my belief is I better be in those classrooms, better see what's happening. And so as I'm sitting there answering emails, this teacher who I had deemed in my head as resistant to some of this stuff, I was watching her and she was incredible and not using technology, not um, just doing really incredible things. And I was just sitting there blown away. And someone who I had kind of labeled in my mind at the time as someone who wasn't really willing to try new things, there was things she could do that I wasn't able to do. And so I talked with her after and I shared, I'm like, you know what? Um, I actually sat in your classroom and I saw this, 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 and this, and I was just blown away. Absolutely incredible things that you're doing. And it would be amazing if all of our other staff could kind of get some of this experience from you. Would you be willing to sit down and write a blog post with me so we can share some of these things that you're doing? And she was like, 100%. I'll do it in a second. And so the difference here, the first year, I was focusing on what we couldn't do. And then the second year, what I really started to shift was focusing on what we could do. And when I started focusing on that, when I started focusing on the value that people had, what started to shift was people were actually more willing to try things that you know maybe they weren't comfortable with. Because if you already, people don't feel valued, then why are they going to take risks? Because they already feel like you see them in a detrimental way. So if they screw up doing something. And so really kind of, you know, kind of going in that space and, and sharing in a different way, it's actually was, was really, really beneficial. And one thing that we need to learn from this and really take home, like there's so many things that we could take away from, you know, what is going on in the world today. Um, 
is that really the majority of educators will do what's best for kids. But we have to understand that what they deem best and what I deem best might be different, but they actually might be both effective. And so we need to start having more conversations, you know, kind of connecting and learning from each other. And for me, I've really focused less on trying to change other people and more on like, how do I share ideas with them? Like, I don't really talk about teaching anymore. And um, the reason why is because I don't teach every day, but I always talk about learning because I learn all the time. And I think that's for me is really important. So I really share ideas as a learner. But as a teacher, I, I hope that you're interested in that because that is what we do. We should be focusing on learning. It's actually where our starting point should be. And so I really focus on sharing ideas, uh, you know, and, and really trying to listen to different perspectives. And I think that a lot of times when we want to change people, we believe that I have to convince them of something. So that means I'm going to have to talk. I'm going to have to share this. But really, when you're actually hearing and you're finding common spaces, you're finding the places that you agree and you're, you're actually highlighting some of the places that you value and by listening, not speaking, by listening, we can actually change people quite significantly. I think that's really important. Um, you know, in the work that we're trying to change people, like I, I hope that people, you know, who want me to think differently will listen to some of the expertise that I have, because I know that some of the work that I do can be beneficial to others. But I also know, and this is really important, that a ton of work that other people can do is beneficial to me. And I want to learn from that. I want to grow. Um, and so really kind of sharing that. So really when we ever go back to whatever school likes in the, looks like in the future, um, just really remember that there's overwhelming evidence that the majority of people will change when they know it's beneficial to kids. It's, it's being proven right now. They'll, they'll do things different if they know it's best for kids. And so kind of keeping that in your mind and kind of focusing on that that's something we should always value is that when we want something to be different in our schools, it is on us to prove why it is beneficial to kids. And people will actually embrace that as opposed to like, you need to change because we're not getting there. And so really, as we go forward, instead of wondering why others won't change, really focus on the incredible changes we have seen and that people have this, they've proven it many times. And I, like I say, the majority, because I don't want to say all, because it's not reality in any profession, not everyone does it. But I'll tell you, the majority of people that I've seen is just incredible. And so um, when we keep that in the forefront of the conversations, when we really focus on really always, every conversation should be focused on what's best for kids. But we have to identify what that means and how it can look different for every single kid. But really how we value one another. Value are the skills and abilities that we bring every single day to the work that we do. But also value that we're all willing to grow and get better for kids because this has been proven so much during this entire time. Just some thoughts that I had, you know, and just kind of guiding. I know that this conversation, what I'm saying to you right now, I'm going to be honest with you. I probably wouldn't have said this five years ago. And it's really kind of my growth as I continue to grow in the work that I do. What I realize is the more that I learn, the less that I know. And there's so much, that out there, there's so much expertise and talent and abilities that we need to tap into, not only of our colleagues, our staff, but of our students as well. And really, when we value people, they're more likely to try different things. So thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I hope you have um, an awesome long weekend. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Take care. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can
Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song? What I do ain't make believe. People say I sit and try, but when it comes to being daylight, it's just me, myself, and I. Style and my plug one spectacle. You say plug one and two.